0: whether you like it or not, you're constantly, unconsciously expecting your romantic partner or even other people in your life to act like your parents did. And because of those expectations that are unconscious, it creates this dynamic of acting in a certain way. So we grow up We learn to expect certain things from our parents based on past experience. And because of that, we take those expectations into our relationships in adulthood.
1: tears roll down your face Reaching for something Someone to embrace, to numb
0: pain. Welcome to Sobriety Checkpoint. Are you a parent in recovery, wishing for peace and emotional sobriety? Do you find yourself up late at night, Googling things like, how to overcome negative thinking, or why is my heart racing? Do you wake up with big, ambitious goals, only to feel resentful and irritable, when you put everyone else's needs first and leave no time for yourself again? Hey, I'm Felicia. I'm a 12-step returned therapist, and I too have battled anxiety and that critical inner voice. All I wanted was peace and just a little bit of time to myself. I tried to strive and achieve to find happiness, but that only left me with more anxiety. I finally realized I needed to discover my true identity to find the peace I was striving to attain. In this podcast, you're going to find solutions to navigating mental health, spirituality, and relationships to experience the peace you've been craving. It's time for that desperately sought-after solo target run. Grab your keys and let's go for a drive, there's no judgment, or breathalyzer, at this sobriety checkpoint. by
1: the beauty of it all. I was always destined to fall Into the deepest dark We are stronger than we think we are So fight
0: and show
1: your strength
0: Welcome back to another episode of Sobriety Checkpoint. Before we get going, I just wanted to invite you to join my Facebook group. In this community, you're going to find other parents in recovery seeking solutions to emotional sobriety through exploring mental and emotional health, spirituality, and relationships. You can find the link to this community in the show notes. I hope to see you in there. Please also take a moment and sign up for my insider list. By becoming an insider, you're going to get emails with the latest podcast episode, emotional sobriety and self-care tips, as well as early bird access to special offers. The very first special offer that I am going to be announcing is coaching. I'm working on this offer and this will be available to the people who are on the insider list who are going to be receiving these weekly emails. You can join my insider list by going to insider.sobrietycheckpoint.co. That link is also down in the show notes. Like I mentioned, one of the things that we do is that we learn what to expect from our parents or whoever was our primary caregiver as a child. And based on that relationship, it sets us up to expect similar behavior from other people. Oftentimes, this plays out in romantic relationships, but it could play out in other relationships too, with friends, with a boss, with a mentor. So there's four types. Secure, anxious, avoidant, and disorganized. In a way, you can say that there are two types of attachment. There is secure attachment and insecure attachment. I didn't come up with these terms. This theory was introduced by a psychologist named John Bowlby. So to go into a little bit more detail about what these four different attachment styles are, I kind of wanted to just start off with a little bit of a story to make this connection of these different styles and also to let you know that if you tend to fall into one of the insecure attachment styles, that it doesn't mean that that is where you have to stay. So, this is just a way to explain where you might be today but it doesn't mean that is an indictment. It's just a description. It's just an explanation. This also isn't a way to blame caregivers because all of this is really generational from one parent to the kid to the next parent to the next kid. Throughout the generations, a lot of Family dynamics and relationships repeat themselves. So, just wanted to put that out there. This isn't to play the blame game, but it's just to help understand yourself a little bit more. So, to go into explaining these four styles through maybe just talking a little bit about what I've seen in my life with attachment styles. In retrospect, relationship patterns can be a little more clear. It's a little easier to be objective when you look at relationship patterns of the past. In the midst of a relationship that I may have been head over heels in love with a particular boyfriend, other people around me could take a look at that relationship and see that I was just repeating patterns of the past. I might have been in a relationship with somebody who seemed similar to a previous relationship, and I know I said I might have, so I have. (laughs) I have been in relationships where it was almost like dating the same person But it wasn't the same person. It was somebody different, but the dynamics were the same. The behaviors, a lot of the behaviors were the same. A lot of the drama was the same. A lot of the conflict was the same. A lot of the different insecurity was the same. And I remember a time when I was quite. Dramatic in my relationship. I would say that my go-to attachment style has been an anxious attachment style in the past. I think there's a part of me that still has a bit of that anxiety, that anxious attachment. So that's one of the types. I'll go into detail a little bit more about what this means. and be in recovery. I feel like I've definitely seen tons of progress from this type of attachment, moving a bit closer towards secure attachment. I think there's a part of me that's still anxious, but I have really worked on myself. I've tried to heal myself, repair it myself. And through that process, I've been able to shift a bit more to a more secure attachment style. So an anxious attachment style has a lot to do with rejection and abandonment. I remember being in previous relationships just constantly waiting for them to end. There was this constant fear of being abandoned, rejected, and really just expecting it. Because of this fear, there is this dependence on looking for validation, looking for somebody else to help you regulate your emotions instead of doing that on your own. An anxious attachment style might also have some codependent tendencies, wanting to be the hero or the fixer Thinking that we're helping somebody else, but what's really happening is that it's not helping out of compassion, it's helping out of fear. So there's definitely this thin line between being compassionate and caring versus being codependent. Codependence has a lot more to do with me than it has to do with the other person that I'm trying to help. The different attachment styles have different characteristics. More that you identify with, such as low self-esteem, having difficulty being alone. I know that has been a really huge one for me. There's been definitely a long history of difficulty being alone. There are times still that every now and then when I know that there is a period of time coming up, where maybe there's nothing to do, and I know that I'm going to be alone. I future trip a bit. I get a little bit scared about being alone. It has That has gotten a lot better. Some other signs might be difficulty trusting others or feeling jealous. I've had my fair share of experiencing jealousy in previous relationships and also needing approval from other people how do you move from an insecure attachment style to a more secure attachment style you might also be wondering okay what are the other three attachment styles and what are the details of those so i'm going to briefly go over those attachment styles and their characteristics i'll also go ahead and link a attachment style quiz in the show notes So in case you're curious about what attachment style might be your baseline, you can take a look at that link and learn a little bit more about yourself. So let's talk about the secure attachment style. People with a secure attachment style can look to other people for emotional support, but not in a way to where there's this dependence. So it's, it has to do with support versus dependence. They can self-regulate rather than looking to other people to help them regulate. Someone with a secure attachment style is going to have a little bit of an easier time with trusting others. They can be more comfortable with being alone or in close relationships. And they tend to have higher self-esteem. I feel super grateful that through my recovery efforts, I can see that there's definitely been a shift from anxious to secure, definitely not perfect. It's also super normal to not be 100% secure. (laughs) We are human. Other people that are in relationships with us Are human. We all have our flaws. We all make mistakes. And a lot of times those mistakes can affect other people. So it's super normal to not be completely secure. This is about progress. It's not about perfection. So it's just about trying to move a little bit closer to being more secure over time. The next style is avoidant. An avoidant attachment has to do with avoiding. <laughs> it has to do with having a hard time trusting other people. Somebody might have commitment issues or thinking that you don't need other people, like at, you're very independent, can do things on your own. You, there might be a very strong sense of independence and dismissing of other people. And the fourth attachment style is called disorganized. People who have a disorganized attachment style might also have high anxiety, difficulty trusting others. It's a bit of a mix between avoidant and anxious. I don't know if you've ever experienced this personally, in your relationship where you know one minute you want your partner and the next minute you want them to go away so it's almost like this process of come here I need you go away I hate you come here I love you I can't live without you go away I hate you I never want to see you again the next second how do you start to make some movement towards security towards a secure attachment style. And I would have to say that there are two things here to take a look at. One is a relationship with a higher power and two has to do with reparenting yourself. These are two things that have helped me in my recovery, in my relationship with myself and with moving A bit closer to having more secure attachment. So, in my relationship with my higher power, there begins to be this dependence, this trust that starts to build throughout time. Like I said, this takes time. This relationship didn't develop overnight, it didn't develop over the first year of my recovery, but it has definitely gotten deeper through the years it's about being able to trust in the fact that my higher power doesn't change in the fact that I can always depend on my higher power and there's no question because my higher power is constant it's unchanging stays the same and it's just absolute pure love and in that, there is peace, and that's something that I can definitely sit with. As I'm building this relationship with my higher power and really focusing on love. those characteristics begin to grow inside of me. So this connection begins to form between my authentic person inside, between my true identity and my higher power. When as I get to know my higher power and start to realize I am a reflection of my higher power, then I begin to strengthen and believe in my true identity that I too am loving and calm. And through that, I can start to be more grounded and when there's these parts of me that tend to be a little bit more nervous or anxious or insecure, I can start to build a relationship with these parts. This relationship is with self and parts. And these relationships reflect the relationship that I have with my higher power. So then, as I'm building this relationship, there's this new parent that begins to form or that relationship begins to form, right? The higher power has always been there. God has always been there, has always been the same. But when I start to focus, when I start to see that there is this connection, I can start to place my higher power at the center of my life and start to realize, okay, this is my parent. And this is where trust can be built. And through that, I can start to build trust within myself. And for me, this is where this journey has taken me. It has taken me to the beginnings of reparenting myself once I position myself as a child of God. Once I start to see that I am a child of God and that God is my parent, only then can I start to reparent myself because I know then what secure, true, secure attachment is because it has been modeled to me through this loving presence. Who created me? I really hope that you got something out of this episode because once you start to learn about reparenting, then from there, this is the starting point of being able to release love more into the world through your other relationships with your partner, your husband, your wife your kids, because there's no need for other people to fill that void because it's already filled by your higher power and also through self once you start to see yourself as a reflection of God and as a child of God. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If so, would you take 30 seconds and share it with another parent in recovery who might be looking for solutions to mental health and sobriety? Also, please leave a quick review on Apple Podcasts so other parents just like you can find the show. I'm super excited to know this podcast is helping you. Tune in to new episodes every Tuesday. I'll see you back here on your next Target Run. Until next time.
1: We are stronger than we think we are fight and show your strength. But grace from our God. But grace from our God. But grace from our God. Oh, but grace from our God.